Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome uh, to episode 23, 24. I'm not really sure. Who cares? Of <laughs> get the flick out of here. I think it's 23. <laughs> it might be 23. I don't know. Um, uh, I've lost track. Um, but I haven't lost track of this. It's still spooky season. So the spooky yeah, season uniform is in check. Uh, don't worry. I washed it since last week. But um, uh, this, this is now... Uh, part we're part we're we're deep now into Schlocktoberfest, and um, and we're we're now in the in the position uh, where we're 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 doing um, our first. I feel like we'll probably do another one here during Schlocktoberfest of uh, a, a dual movie episode. Bang where bang, I, where I watch a scary one, and uh, and Kate watches a cute one. Uh, I'm your host Alex Blasky, and of course this is Kate Elizabeth with me, Kate. Is get scared very easily. Mm -hmm. I was. I did. You have to. Did, we won't uh, reveal. Well, I guess we will because the title. Um, <laughs> did you have to <laughs> sleep with a nightlight on after watching Spooky Buddies? I did not. Oh, good. Uh, good. But I will say, if I was a little kid, there were parts of this that would genuinely scare me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gets kind of dark for if you're a little kid, I feel like. Like, little kid Kate would have been like, yeah. hey, man. Um, yeah, is... But grown-up Kate was able to recognize that um, perhaps maybe these this group of talking dogs with uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, inappropriate stereotypes at certain point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's I was good. not familiar with the buddies. uh Oh, were you? No, beforehand. Mm. I was very familiar with Airbud, but well, uh, well, <laughs> not Butterball, Mudbud, Rosebud, Buddha, and Bee Dog. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I am. That's about. This is my threshold. I found what I can handle, and it's a group of golden retriever puppies <laughs> who are being Wait. haunted. Wait until I make you watch Santa Buddies, because that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have to. I I need I need an update on all the buddies shenanigans. Awesome. I must know what is happening with them. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that uh, in our second uh, report of the evening, um, because I wanted to find a nice uh, nice spooky. Scary movie to watch, um, uh, as opposed to, to your cutesy poo stuff. And uh, so I was going through uh, all the stuff I have available to me on streaming, and I came across a movie that that I had been wanting to watch for years, um, uh, called Chud. That's 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 an acronym. Uh, it, it, it's C H U D, and they never they don't tell you what it stands for until like I don't know. Uh, 40 minutes into the movie and they never <laughs> they never reference it until that point so it is kind of odd that like chud um the 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 it has been used in referenced to, uh, in, in many uh ways throughout pop culture but um uh you know that i'm a big uh simpsons fan yes um i did never really watch the simpsons there you go um there's a fantastic episode uh, where uh, Homer um, uh, doesn't want to go to New York with the family because he he went there once and um, uh, it was a, it was a bad experience for him. Um, and uh, he says, 
Uh, <laughs> and then Marge says, oh, Homer, of course you're going to have a, a, a bad experience if, if all you think about are the pimps and the chuds. And and I, <laughs> I was like, was it chud? And I, I, they, they, they kept on, they re referenced it many times uh, on that show. And I was like, what's a chud? And I had to look it up. And I was like, well, this is interesting. Maybe I will watch this movie one day. And so happened one day was this past weekend. Um, Chud is, a, is from 1984. It is uh, very emblematic of its day. Um, uh, it is, um, I think the biggest thing about it, 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 it is that it is a veritable who's who of, hey, it's that guy. Um, and a lot, a lot of people. Um, uh, including, um, uh, a, a, like a literally a bit part, 45 seconds of screen times, three lines, John Goodman, um, stuff like that is like, oh, Hey, um, but, um, the, the whole thing starts out with, um, a, a little, you know, like a little, Hey, this is, this is what we're, what we're doing. Um, uh, an establishing scene of a woman walking her dog down a very dank New York street. And... Uh, was the dog a small golden retriever, perhaps? No, but okay. it, it was in the poodle family, like a poodle terrier, very small, fluffy, white. Okay. Um, and uh, so she she walks... Um, uh, she's walking down the street, and, and the, the camera is kind of centered on a manhole cover as she's walking into the shot from above. And then she stops to like fix her heel, you know, maybe a little blister behind the heel thing. And uh, while well, she stops right by the manhole cover and uh, uh, the manhole cover opens up and she is dragged under uh, into the sewer while, while, while her dog is pulled by the leash as well. Um, so uh, uh, that's, that's the beginning of Judd. Is something came out of the manhole cover and stole this woman. Was that pre-credits or was that the... That that was like, that was the thing. And the pre-credits, um, well, no, it's just like uh, starring and then three names and then this scene okay. and then Chud. Perfect. And like, so perfect. Um, there was a, um, a, uh, um, a fascination with things going on in the sewers um, uh, during this, this era. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out of this exact same fascination. T Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is what Chud is if uh, Chud was used for the powers of good and not evil. <laughs> yeah, I see, I, I never like got into kind of Ninja Turtle or comic book world, but what one of the very few things I did know was that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was kind of like a satire on overarching themes that were going on at this time and when you told me the plot of this movie before we had ever before you even watched it i was mm -hmm. like is this what ninja turtles was based on you were like yeah it sure seems it like they're living in doesn't sewers it, doesn't it doesn't it seem like it um so <laughs> the the thing um is that we get uh the start of this is um it's uh we go to John Hurd, who is the dad from Home Alone. He is a um, a photographer, and he is a, a, this is a wonderful 1984 thing. He is avoiding phone calls to his house, to his apartment. 
by just letting the machine get it. And then he's talking to the machine, even though the, the person on the other end of the machine can't hear him. It's like, of hi, Derek. Yeah. No, nope, I'm not going to pick up the phone. No. Nope. And many times you tell me I'm not going to do it because I don't want to, Derek. I don't like you, Derek. Um, and uh, it is it is odd to see John Hurd, the dad from Home Alone, in this particular role. He's a he's, He seems very kind of skeevy or whatever. Um, but he's living uh, with his uh, girlfriend, Lauren. Um, and you find out husband. Husband? Husband. Husband, wife, girlfriend? Not sure. I at one point she says it's her husband, but I'm I swear to God he says she's his girlfriend earlier. So maybe that maybe that's a, a source of uh, tension in the relationship. I'm not pretty sure. Go. Um anyway, uh so the relationship she is a fashion model. He was once a very prominent fashion photographer, but he thinks that entire world is just it's it's cotton candy, it's fluff. I want to I, I want to do something. I want to be remembered. So um, I want to do something that means something. Uh, fame, fortune, whatever. I I want to I I want to I want to stand artist. for something. Yeah. Right. So he's a he's decided to he's going to be a photographer uh, who is a freelance guy who takes pictures of things that go into. He wants to be a Pulitzer Prize winning photographer for like news newspapers, which. It, so much of this movie, I feel like if you showed it to like an 18, 19 year old, they'd be like, I don't understand what world this is. Is this a different dimension? Because so much of it is based on the the the, the um, sensibilities that were had in the late 70s and early 80s of there is nothing more um, prestigious than the New York Times. Uh, <laughs> like, like it's, it's just it's like just newspapers what? were the be all end all the highest you could possibly aspire to. The was, extremely have, reputable New York Times. <laughs> not only, not only just that, but like the idea that newspapers were the biggest thing in the world, yeah. and there were like twelve newspapers in any major city, like, and they were all like big and had huge circulations. People, people literally had four different newspapers delivered to their house so they could read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Um, and uh, and then they had a rest of the theme that this thing gets into. But the big deal with this guy is um, is that he is his current product. Derek is writing a story, a very in depth expose, twelve pages uh, above the fold kind of crap about the homeless population of New York, specifically those who live underground. So um, I don't know. I guess he he interviewed. A, a brother and sister who live together underground and he wants a picture to go along with it. So he's hired George to find these people and he can't do it. So that's the whole thing is like, he doesn't want to talk to Derek cause he doesn't want to say he failed. I don't know. They're, they're, him avoiding Derek doesn't make a lot of sense. Like Derek, I can't find the people. Uh, anyway, we cut to uh, uh, New York captain Bosch. Now, not the Bosch that had the Amazon prime show. Different Bosch. Um, but he's a New York Police Department captain. Um, he is, there's a, fl a flood of missing persons all over the place uh, in this particular area. Um, and uh, he is, he is, he, he keep, get, get, get me the, uh, the captain. He's the captain. Who's above the captain? Sarge? No, Sarge is below. That's for sure. Um, but, 
was it Captain? No, 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 no. Come on. Where? What's this? Where did he go? Where did he go? It's not commissioner. It's a guy above. It's the guy below commissioner. Now I'm really angry. But anyway, that guy, his, 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 his boss. Um, you got to get like, why am I covering up all these disappearances? What's going on? You got to get me more band power. I got to find out where the people are going. Ah, just, just, just homeless people. It's not just homeless people. Um, we we got to find out where all people are going. So because there's a, a, a rash of, of of missing persons. So uh, he Classic gets a call. 80s too of just like eh, it's just homeless people. Just homeless. They, they, they'll eh. turn up, and even if they don't, screw them. Screw them. Um, yeah. Uh, and so he gets a call from a guy who he's worked with in the past, who's like giving him tips about stuff. Um, his name is uh, AJ Shepard, uh, who runs a soup kitchen uh, out of the out of the basement of of his the building where he lives, um, and he doesn't get much of anything in the way of money for this he's just doing it out of the goodness of his heart he's a nice guy um he himself you can tell is like this close to being homeless himself um and uh maybe he was in the past they don't really delve into exactly why he's doing it but you can tell like he genuinely cares for these people um uh and he's uh, a, a little uh off his nut maybe he had some bad lsd back in the day uh but he's played by daniel stern also from Home Alone, played Marv, and this is this is great for you. Could tell like you're watching him. This is but before he was doing anything, he's a star. You could tell watching him. This guy's got an electricity about him that is very different. The guy who's playing, um, the guy who's playing Bosch, is uh, named by, by a guy by the name of Christopher Curry, who never broke out and did anything the way that John Hurd and Daniel Stern did after this. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. But it was kind of weird that, like, the, there's a veritable who's who of all these people. And the actual lead of the whole thing, the captain, police captain, never really went on to do much of anything else. He kept working, but not really, didn't really have a big break beyond this. Um, but uh, he, so, so what's going on here? Like, well, all, all, my, all my regulars who were undergrounders, they just stopped coming, like, two weeks ago. I don't know where any of them are. Um, and so... <clears throat> they are trying to figure out what is uh, what, what's going on in, in all in all these things. There's, there's that he believes AJ believes that there that this is where he like we're supposed to think. Well, right, crazy conspiracy theorist, because he thinks it's all part of a massive government cover up, and he thinks he's got the evidence to prove it. Um, uh, and so. This the one part of this that Bosch is like, well, that would explain. I mean, I'm not saying you're right. I'm just saying that would explain why all my bosses are helping me to cover everything up and, and sweep it under the rug and everything. So um, it looks like uh, so they get a. They're finally able to they, they go under underground and they find like pieces of uniform from um nuclear inspectors because every year the epa comes through they go through the sewers they run their tests and they make sure nothing's bad under there and they write up the report and they're gone in a week um and aj who has people who live under there who he knows who talk to him 
say uh, they they were doing this thing for a month and they don't haven't left yet. They're still going. So I don't know what they're doing under there. This is very different. So like, hey, well, let's go check it out. You, a guy who runs a soup kitchen and me, a police captain alone. Let's go underground and find out what's going on. Um, I should say there was uh, an earlier scene where we first see the Chud, which is um, a, an old man and his granddaughter walking again. There is no part of New York that they show in this movie that doesn't look like absolute death. Like, like, like here's the thing. It's, it's, hard, it's hard for people to to recognize this because on I, I've, I was never actually there at the time, but I, I know this from watching films and reading stuff. New York was hellscape, a hellscape. Like, like the idea of like, Hey, it's just, it's the M&M store and look, there's Elmo and Bubba Gump shrimp. That's not what it was until like the mid to late nineties. Like it just wasn't that you, you, so- you, you, yeah. Yeah, like my my parents remember this because they grew up in Jersey while the I mean like looting was constant. The reason brought people are like the lights of Broadway and stuff, they put in mandatory if you have space in Times Square, you have to be emitting this amount of wattage so that people can't hide out is like a literal thing that they had to do. Like the lights of Broadway are always exciting and fun, but like the reason for them is actually because it was a dark hellscape um, where people were constantly looting. Um, Hell's Kitchen, the name of Hell's Kitchen came about because they'd be like, man, this place is hot as hell. And they said, no, this is hotter than hell. It's Hell's Kitchen. Like, that's mm-hmm. the nickname for Hell's Kitchen. So New York in the 80s, like, yeah. compared to now, it's literally annoying because it's covered with tourists. Like, I, I lived... Uh, in the city for seven years. So the turnaround from the eighties to now is incredible, but like, it's funny, even when I was living there because my aunts and uncles grew up with the New York of the eighties, they would be like so nervous when I would just be walking around Midtown or whatever. Cause they had this entirely different image, which is I'm sure what you're seeing here and kind of what they were capitalizing on when they were making this film. But like Port Authority is one of the safest places in the world now, probably. And it used to be like, Okay, call me when you get to Port Authority. Like it's it's kind of nuts how um, this does when you were saying like a different dimension. I was like, oh yeah, New York in the eighties kind of kind of was. Yeah, um, there was um, something. Uh, wait, this this old man walking along with uh, with his with his granddaughter stops at a phone booth again. Something that if you're 18, 19 years old, what the hell? Uh, not just a payphone a phone booth where you open a door and get inside. It's like where, where Superman had to change clothes back in yes. the day. Um, now of which so, are all but, internet touch points. And right. <laughs> um, uh, he, um, he puts in, puts in, he puts in his nickel. Uh, he puts in his dime and says, uh, operator, please connect me to Pennsylvania six, 5,000. Anyway, he says, <laughs> um, he says, uh, he, he gets on the phone and it's, uh, I believe it's, his son, brother, whatever. Um, yeah, we got off the bus, but now we're lost. Can you give me directions? Because he doesn't have GPS on his phone. He just like would like to know. He knows he's in the in the neighborhood, but he's not really sure what the address is. So um, he's having a uh, um, uh, uh, a conversation, 
And um, meanwhile, the little girl sitting there with her teddy bear in her Oshkosh Bagosh overalls is sitting in, in the thing. And she watches as a manhole cover slides up with giant clawed hands that push the, the, the manhole cover over. And she watches and just like you can see her just like realize how tall the thing is as it approaches the phone booth. And she's just yanking on the on the bottom <laughs> on the hem of, of her grandpa's uh honey what like i'm trying to talk to and then he looks up and he goes ah and um and then you see the face of the chud and it's just the most ridiculous terrible uh special effects from 1984 ever um and then the next thing you see is a little girl catatonic sitting in the police department um and uh and there's this uh again there's a guy if you look at look look up his name sam mcmurray you don't, you don't, you had have no idea that's what his name is. But if you Google that guy's face, you'd be like, hey, it's that guy. He's he's the he's the a-hole um um just like beat patrolman uh who's like skeptic of everything, like, yeah, this little girl thinks she saw a monster. Yeah. Wait, where says Bosch? What what what's what was the address? Like, yeah, it's just over there on blah 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 blah. That's in the radius. I want I want two men on every street corner. Like, boss, come on, we're not gonna. Yes, we are. Two men on every street corner. I want them to have shotguns, all this kind of stuff. So Bosch is like freaking out that there's people coming. So that, so anyway, um, that was what started him figuring out. We got to find out what the hell's going on in, in these sewers or whatever. Because um, a little girl says he came up through a manhole cover and tried and killed her grandfather. Anyway, so um, we get a... Um, so it killed the we, grandfather? Dragged him down to the sewers and left. But she made it to the police department. Did didn't uh, maybe he, <laughs> maybe maybe he was like, I don't want a snack, I want a meal. So I decided to take the grandfather instead. I, That's fair. I don't I don't know. I'm just um, glad she ended but, up with the police. Yeah, it was nice. Um, uh, so um, this is where we get uh, AJ Shepard and Captain Bosch down in the thing, and they find a Geiger counter. Like a full-on operative Geiger counter, which me measures radiation, and they're just they pick it up and they and this guy holds out the thing, and as he holds it in this direction over here, the 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 reader spikes like way up, like just buries the needle, and then starts to slowly go back down. And they're like, "Let's get the hell out of here," because um, whatever it was, like the it came close and then went away uh the uh the radioactive thing so um somehow um bosch gets a meeting with his boss gosh i gotta find out what the hell the name because it's gonna kill me it wasn't anyway, commissioner so it's no the commissioner is the is the guy above his boss and and that's why it's gonna uh, chief 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 O'Brien, what a fantastic Irish cop name. Oh my gosh. Chief O'Brien finally relents and gets uh, a meeting with uh, the commissioner, who is obviously the way that they cast him and the way they had the guy play him. He's just a politician over his head. He has no no, no knowledge of anything. He's easily malleable. Um, he, he doesn't have any real backbone at all, um, but he's the guy in charge of the entire police department. Um, they get a meeting with him and, um, and the, he wants the, the, because they found the Skyrim counter because it's spiked under there because the people from the EPA have been down there for a month, 
They want a meeting with somebody from the NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And we want to have all this down at one police plaza. And so they have they have a guy come in there. His name is uh, Wilson, who uh, just obviously wonderful, like Reagan, not Reagan, um, uh, Nixon era holdover, very shifty, little mustache, jowls. And um, uh, he's supposed to re represent the fact that still people in this era did not trust the government after Nixon. Sure. And so you always have this thing like, I don't know, this guy from the government seems kind of shifty. Um, so they have uh, this guy um, uh, come in and allay all their fears. Oh, well, it's nothing. It's this. It's this. It, could, it can't be anything. It's nothing at all. Um, uh, but also, um, at the same time before they have this meeting, because everything kind of floats back and forth between this stuff, uh, George... Um, uh, George Cooper, John Hurd, um, actually, um, fought, he comes to bail out this woman, a homeless woman, uh, from the police, uh, because she, they say that she was trying to like take a patrolman's gun and he just, and he comes out, ah, it's just my crazy grandma. I am a, come on. I, uh, I'll I'll take you home, Grandma. You kind of a thing, and they they let him just. Yeah, she was trying to steal an officer's gun. She's fine. She's you white. Can it's fine. Her. It's fine. Uh, she's old and she's white. Um, uh, so that's it. They yeah, it's really fine. Um, so uh, they um, they let her go, and so we find out that this is the woman he's been trying to locate, so we can take a picture of. This is the woman who is the subject of the article, and so she says, um. Well, now, what are you trying to get a gun for? Um, well, um, uh, Victor says he needs it. Victor is her brother. What does Victor need a gun for? Victor says he needs a gun. He needs a gun. So, like, okay, well, you trust your brother, fine. Um, so she takes him underground. Like, they go down the subway. Um, uh, and also, like, they have somebody who they, they take a... a um, Somebody uh, from the from the police is tailing him down to the subway. But once he gets onto the subway and starts walking down the tracks uh, into the into the darkness, that that cop was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna wrote down I lost him," and he walks away because he doesn't want to do that. Um, but uh, there was a different guy tailing the tail, and we find out who that guy is later. That guy's an invest uh, an old investigative reporter from the Nixon days. Uh, but anyway, um, we find out that. Um, she takes them all the way down underneath here. The, the place seems very deserted. There's all kinds of tents everywhere in this kind of tent city underground. Uh, but there's like two people down there. So like, where are all the people who lived in these tents? Uh, food for the Chuds. Um, and uh, when I say the Chuds, I think of like Winona and Naomi. Uh, no, not the Chuds. <laughs> the Chuds. Um, but she goes and she takes them to visit um, uh her brother, who also lives with this guy named Hugo, who is developmentally disabled and gigantic. And uh, only person who can calm down Hugo is uh, is this woman, uh, whatever her name is, uh, Victor's sister, whatever her name is. Um, Uh-oh. We, we lost her. She's back. She's back. <laughs> Fantastic. I was wondering if the Chuds got you. Um, so, um, uh, so anyway... 
um, we meet Victor, and Victor is uh, not in a good way. He's bandaged up his uh, his thigh with newspaper, um, and so uh, uh, like I gotta, I, I gotta uh, let me see if I can do anything. I can go get you some 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 gauze or think. I gotta see what's up with this leg. Says says John Hurd, and they peel away the newspaper, and it's just like a giant bite mark has been taken out of it like most of the flesh of his of his thigh is just gone and he's obviously got an infection he's got a fever he's he's ranting um and so uh george is down there with his camera and takes pictures of this wound and he goes back up to his apartment to have them um to have them uh developed i'm not really sure why specifically that uh, Bosch and AJ come to visit George Cooper. They know that he's uh, he's been in contact with some people who live in underground, and so they come to see him, but nobody's there. Uh, so AJ just breaks in, just uses a, 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 a switchblade knife and just picks the lock and walks in. And Bosch is like, "Hey, what are you, what are you doing? That's breaking and entering. You're under arrest. Like he, he doesn't actually <laughs> arrest him." But it's just the way he's like, yeah, but now I got to arrest you or just something, whatever. So they go into the dark room, and, and that by that point, the uh, the pictures have been um, uh, developed, and they're hanging up. And they go, what the hell is this? Hey, I know that guy. That's Victor. What's up with his leg? So they take the pictures. The reason that George isn't there is that his girlfriend, the fashion model, has told George, I'm pregnant. And then, like they're just—they're they, very excited. They just—I think they decide they're going to get married. They're going to keep the baby. They're going to move out to her father's house out in the country. Uh, it's all this wonderful thing. So they're going out and they're going to have uh, a, a celebratory uh, little meal in the park with champagne, which you probably shouldn't do because you're pregnant. Anyway, um, uh, so that's that's why while that's going on, they're having the meeting with Wilson, the, the NRC guy, and um, and he dismisses everything. Um, but he's like, I got, I can prove what's going on there is crazy here. Look at these pictures that I took, says Daniel Stern to kind of, he realizes to cover for the fact that he stole them, uh, while breaking in. And I took these pictures. Yeah. What do you think about that? This is this, uh, whatever going on. Um, and, uh, and so the, the commissioner and the chief are like, well, this is kind of highly unlikely. And, uh, the, the NRC guys like Wilson's like, ah, pish posh. He says a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, eventually, um, um <laughs> AJ AJ uh takes all the the crate all the stuff that he stole um and all of the uh um he said I'm going to the papers they'll 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 somebody from the papers will be talking to you because I got all this evidence and the papers will want to know you're going down mister because the papers which is a wonderful thing you could say in the 80s and probably doesn't matter now because uh, nobody cares delicious. about that um <laughs> But there is a, uh, a, a, he throws everything off of the desk in a fit of peak. And, uh, and a file flies out of um, the Wilson's, uh, the NRC guy's uh, briefcase. And they pick it up. And it says, Chud. Um, and uh, and uh, it's like, well, what's going on here? What, what is this, this Chud? Uh, you're not supposed to look at that. It's highly classified. Um, and it's like, what are you talking? What's going? What is going on here? Or says the says the captain? Or I'm gonna go to the papers. Everyone's going to the papers. Um, and so Wilson admits that Chud, C H U D, stands for 
cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Amazing. And they've been, they've been, um, there, there were all, there is all this toxic waste on the island of Manhattan. And we want to move it out of here. But there's all this stuff where the, the city council won't let us transport it out of here. Not, they say they won't let us transport it through on our way out to Montauk on Long Island so we can throw it into the ocean because that's where toxic waste <laughs> belongs. But 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 honestly, it's here. We want to get it out of here. We're just being good national nuclear regulatory people, um, and uh, and so. Um, but we have reason to believe that some of the canisters may have broken open, and uh, and turned uh, regular people into these chuds. I love we it. have, and then they get a. He gets a phone call from somebody. They found a dead chud. Let's go. We should go find out what the hell is that. And so, and and Bosch insists on coming along, and so they find they 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 get all hazmatted up uh, in this place where they found the dead chud, and they go into this thing and they peel back the thing and they find, oh my god, there's a dead chud. Um, and uh, they say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go under there and uh, we're going to uh, to document this because obviously this is the only chud. Says Wilson. of course, yeah, one chud. One chud. There's no reason to believe there are more than one chud. Just one chud. And so uh, I'm going to send a team of, of of guys in hazmat suits with Geiger counters and one guy with a giant VHS video camera. And we're going to document the fact that there's no more chuds. Um, and and Bosch is like, you're not going down there alone with those with this, this bunch of scientists, pencil neck geeks. Let me let me send down a team of uh, of cops. He says a team of cops with flamethrowers, which I did not realize was a was a standard issue thing you had in the eighties for the cops. But um, uh, was like, no, that's silly. We're never going to do that. Cut to um, the scientists coming down a ladder and the fire, the flamethrower cops already there. <laughs> I don't know how Bosch got the cops down there faster than the scientist guys, but they're already there and they go into the, to the tunnel alone. And the Geiger counters things starts start spiking. And so Bosch is in the ear through through a radio signal of all the cops, and Wilson's in the ear of the scientists, and they're both they're both yelling him like, "Ah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's probably just a, 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 a equipment malfunction for the Geiger counters." Bosch like, "You get those flamethrowers ready. There's something coming down there. It's gonna kill you all." Um, and uh, of course, uh, there's just an army of Juds. I don't know, maybe or one giant one. I'm not sure, but. Everyone down there is slaughtered, including the flamethrower cops, including all the scientists. Oh, no. They had a live feed coming up from the v VHS uh, camcorder, um, but that goes dark. Um, and so we have no idea what's going on. There's one pencil neck geek whose entire job is to sit by all the audio visual equipment in case the camera ever turns back on. That's his whole gimmick. You stay here while we do this. Um, now, um, uh, George uh, is accosted in the park with his pregnant girlfriend by uh, by this guy who says uh, his name is uh, Murphy. He's an old he's an old reporter from from the from. See, the whole thing is that the, the, the reporters that go in there and they they roust out that government corruption. Uh, we love those guys in the 80s because that's what they were doing. So he's a freelance reporter. So he's not even in for the money. He's in it for the truth. 
That's what he's going to do. And so he's been he's been uh, figuring out, putting everything together. And he realizes that if I can get just get George to go down in the city in the sewers with me, then we're going to take some. We're going to we're going to blow the lid off this whole thing. And this whole thing is going to be is going to be terrible. We're going to we're going to blow the lid off it. And so uh, he goes down there together with George. He's got a, he's got a little a little snub nose thirty eight, and um and he's like, what do you need a gun for? Um, hey, hey, I was in Nam. I know, I know what the I they listen because everybody's everybody was in Nam, and so I was of in course. Nam. Um, uh, so uh, listen, uh, better safe than sorry. That's what I that's what I was taught. Um, so they're walking down this thing. Hilarious like, that in the eighties in New York, needing a gun would be questionable. By the way, yeah. So, what do you, what do you <laughs> got a gun for? Um, guns? What? What is this? The Wild uh, West? I'm in Midtown in the eighties. Yeah. Um. So, so they're going down together, and George is like, "You take me to where, um, this this guy was who was who was all bitten up. I want to I want to interview him. I want to get the real story. Let's see what he what he what he saw." So he's leading him down there. But every time they come to like an, another like fork in the road or to go across a corner, you have Murphy's like, "Hold on, hold on, let me check." And he like goes around the corner with his gun, like, "Hey, all right." All right, it's clear. Let's go. And so then one time he does it, and he gets eaten, <laughs> which is great because they 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 establish this guy is kind of maybe a little bit of a paranoid freak, um, but no, he just he just gets eaten. He's just um, gone. Um, and so then you got uh, John Hurd who uh, who who runs uh, picks up the gun and runs to go where um, his uh, <clears throat> um. Well, he remembers this woman and her brother living. Um, so maybe they, maybe they can. What's another way out of here? You know. So, um, we, we, um, he gets up there and he finds uh, Hugo, the giant, developmentally disabled homeless man, ripped in half. Like his his lower half is just gone. Um, and uh, and then uh, he. Um, He's uh, he's there, and he sees Victor, and Victor's kind of huddled up in the fetal position, up against the wall, so you can't see his face. And when he's like, "Victor, are you okay?" and he kind of turns him over, and Victor's like eyes have gone all yellow. He's got fangs. He's halfway to becoming a chud. So maybe like the the way you become a chud is you get bit by another chud. Not really sure. It really doesn't delve into this whole thing. There's a certification process. There's like a whole, yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, I should mention, while all this is happening, well, then he shoots him because he's got the gun. And then um, the, uh, the old woman is in there and she's like, you shot my brother and starts hitting him, right? And then she's hit over the head by AJ because AJ has now uh, been locked down here by somebody who works for Wilson because he's trying to figure out maybe he can look at something when he tries to come back up to the only means of egress out of his basement, which is that cellar door thing up on the street. You know, those things where, like if you, you can fall through if you're walking on the wrong part of the sidewalk in New York, um, that's been locked with a padlock by somebody who works for Wilson. Um so Wilson's big idea is he's going to uh, just pump gas into the sewers, toxic gas to kill anything that's down there because he now knows there are a bunch of shuds. Um, AJ has been is down there trying to find a way out because everything has been sealed off. 
So anyway, he winds up ha- hap- happening to be there uh, when when George is nearly uh, eaten by a chud and then nearly beaten to death by an old lady. Um, now, again, while all this is happening, um, we we find out um, that there is uh, that that whatever her name is, the girlfriend, the model girlfriend, is in the apartment, and um, it, she is uh, down in the uh, basement, which is the storage unit for her, for their apartment, because she wants to go through some uh, some photo albums that her dead father left her, because she's feeling nostalgic, because she's pregnant, and her dad never got to live to be a grandfather or whatever. And so she's looking through all these things, and she notices there's there's something pushing up a little level of, like, steel thing under the um, it's like, what's, what's going on? Is that, what's good? So she opens it up. There's nothing there, but she climbs down because she's stupid. Um, right. and, uh, she finds the, the dog that was, that was t- taken down there to begin with, like dead. And as though, oh, no. you know, so, so, so she's like, ah, a dead dog, not, not a chud, but ah, a dead dog. She, she runs back up to her apartment. She calls the police. There's a dead dog in my basement. Please police come and help. And this is like, ah, I'm so, I'm so traumatized by this. Um, I'm going to take a shower. And while she's in the shower, um, the, the drain is stopped up. Um, so she's like, oh, well, that's interesting. She reaches out and she grabs like a wire hanger who's like hanging up on the little towel rack. And she grabs it and she twists it and she tries to fish out presumably some hair or whatever. The, the, the shower drain starts spurting blood straight up into the air, all over her face, all over her hair, all over the shower, all over the bathroom. And she's like, oh, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Worst thing you can here. do in a horror movie seems to be to have good hygiene. Like, yeah. I feel like anytime someone's in the shower, because it's a great spooky, right. like, opportunity. The next time we see her, She's just uh, walking out of the bathroom, uh, changed her clothes, towel drying her hair. There's never any more mention about how the shower spurted blood up at her. We don't know whose blood it was. We don't know where it came from. No clue. Oh, no. Um, there's a, there's a, at the same time, there's a suspenseful little scene where a little boy who is the son of the super, who's on the first floor, um, uh, is playing with a ball and a Tonka truck by the door to the basement and the door to the basement keeps rattling. Um, and, uh, and so then finally, come on in little Jakey, it's dinner. And so he goes inside. And then as soon as he leaves the shot, the, the, the door smashes open. It's a chud. Um, and uh, we don't see the chud doing anything else because the chud apparently in first person view walks slowly up four flights of this walk up apartment building just to get to the lady who came down into the basement because he wants revenge for disturbing his dead dog. I'm not really sure. Um, and, um, so she, um, uh, <laughs> she's barricaded the door. I'm not really sure how she knows that there's going to be a chud there. Maybe like, she, oh, oh, she opens the door to look down and she sees the chud coming up the stairs. So she bar- barricades the door and she thinks she's fine. Uh, and then she opens the opens the window. We can see from a, from an establishing shot on the exterior of the building there are fire escapes everywhere. So she opens up the do- window and says, "Please help! Please help! I'm being attacked! Please help!" And and she doesn't actually try to get out the fire escape. It's real dumb. This girl. Yeah. Um, remember the the cops that she called? Yes. They show up. 
And then they go and they go in through the, the bottom floor and they get killed by a chud immediately. <laughs> so, no, good, good, great, great cops. Good for you. Um, um, the thing of it is, is that uh, so she's up there and finally they he breaks down the barricade and he's in there. And she kind of like sneaks around, like there's like she goes in the kitchen and leaps through a little over a little thing, trying to like walk around him. She finds, I don't know why George has this, but like a replica Civil War era saber. And um, so uh, she's hiding up on the shelves in the top shelf of in his dark room, right? And then the thing comes in and she takes like a, 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 a like a big bucket of like dark room developing chemicals and throws it in its eyes. And I said, like, they're very slimy. They have very big protruding eyes that are like way up on their forehead and a little tiny mouth with all kinds of uh, razor sharp teeth, no nose, big ears on the side. And so its eyes are all blinded. So it's like smashes down a door or whatever. And then she takes the saber and it's sitting there like this. And all of a sudden its neck telescopes to like a giraffe neck. I don't know why, except for the fact that it makes it much easier for her to chop off its head. And a bunch of like um, uh, green spewing blood comes out. Uh, And so she runs away because she's got to find out where her husband is. Uh, her husband, she realizes, is underground trying to find this, you know, going down there with Murphy. She doesn't know what has happened. But uh, so she she saw in on a news report they're going to put gas in the sewer. So she's got to go save her husband. So um, the cop has been whole, uh, uh, Captain Bosch, totally disgraced by this whole thing. He's like on a bender. Uh, he he will he's screaming at everybody. Oh no, the chuds! Ah! And you find out only at this point. And the reason why he was so crazed about all of this is that the woman who was abducted in the beginning of the movie was his wife. And that's why he's he's like like I gotta find out what's happened to these missing persons. It's just a bunch of homeless people. No, it's not. These people mean somebody to something, and so like they they hold off this information until the very end when he cuts when he cuts when he cuts a promo. He was he's working, <laughs> he gives a monologue about how like uh, my wife she she she's so smart. She wanted to go back to school, and when if she wasn't working all day, she'd come home and she'd stay up till all hours of the night studying, reading books, and and then in the middle of the night she'd take the damn dog for a walk, and you go, <gasps> that was his wife, and you won't find that out until like an hour and twenty minutes into an hour thirty minute movie. What the hell she doing walking a dog alone at night in mid eighties New York by especially, herself? Especially anyway. <laughs> when her husband is is a cop, and yeah. you probably tell her that's probably a bad idea. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, he's up there and he realizes um, what's going on and that, uh, uh, so they find, AJ and George find the video camera where the the guys who were killed were and they get on it and they get on the headset and they're like, hey, is anybody listening? Remember there was a guy who was stationed there just to make sure if the camera comes back on, somebody's there. So he's there, he's like, oh my God, somebody's alive down there. Hey. Call Captain Bosch. Tell him that AJ and George are down here. And so, and they call Captain Bosch, who's sitting there in his squad car, kind of just all looped out. And then he realized, oh my God, I got to do everything. So they've been um, sealing off the manhole covers by parking big vans on top of the manhole covers so nobody can push out. And so, like, you go to the to the corner of this one and this one, and I'll be there to move the things out of the way. Um, but he's got to go to got to go through Wilson 
to get the keys to that van. And Wilson is straight up going to murder a police officer to keep everything um, uh, secret. And the secret is, because AJ and George found this, there's toxic waste all over the, the sewers. All over the sewers. And it's not like it was just like accidentally put down there. It says all this stuff, all these waste byproducts are all packaged by the government in big barrels and they say C-H-U-D. Not cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, but contamination hazard urban disposal. They were putting this stuff down here on purpose. That nasty nuclear regulatory commission. And so if you don't want this to get out in the papers... Not in you, the papers. You, I'll, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut, but you got to save those men under. Those are human beings, damn it. Uh, never leave a man behind in the sewers. I'm Unless sure they're I homeless, was, in which case I'm, they don't matter as people. That's right. But I'm sure I was also in Nam, and so I never leave a man behind. <laughs> um, and so he punches out Wilson and takes his car keys and, and goes and moves the thing. But Wilson has come to run off this way. The girlfriend is run off after Wilson. Wilson shoots Bosch in the back as Bosch has let the manhole cover come up. So up comes AJ and George. They've gotten out of there before the gas has killed them. But now we have Wilson, this old man who works for the nuclear. He is, I believe, the head of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, which is a presidentially appointed position, if I'm not And he is inside a van trying to vehicularly homicide two men and a, and a woman. And for some reason, there was a weird line that he spoke earlier. was like, I want all these vans set up park their tires over these manhole covers to make sure nothing gets out, he says earlier. And he says, very oddly at the time, I thought, remember, all of these vans are set to explode if there's ever an impact from underneath. So watch those potholes. And I was like, these are just like plumber's vans. These are like, like, what is not plumber's vans? Um, Like, uh, whatever you call it, the the uh, like utility vans, the utility vans, like for, from the city that they would come out like, oh, we got it, we got a busted water main here. That's that's the vans that they were using, and like, are all vans set to explode from an impact from underneath? Because I should watch out for potholes too. Um, but anyway, so he's trying to run them down over and over again, and AJ somehow has gotten a hold of Bosch's gun. And he's shooting into the windshield. And, and Wilson's dodging bullets as he's trying to run over. And eventually, AJ gets him right between the eyes with the last bullet in the gun. Oh, and so he's then he slumps on the wheel and it turns over. And the manhole cover that they had come up through is still open. So the it slowly rolls and very slowly... The driver's front tire drops into the manhole cover and the whole van explodes because also all the gas that's coming up out of the manhole is also flammable. So it's just the biggest fireball ever. Um, and, uh, and then we hear from behind AJ, 
we hear uh, Captain Bosch go, nice shot. And uh, and AJ's like, Boshy, Boshy, you're alive. Uh, nice shot. <laughs> that's, 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 so, that's the end of it. There's no, there's no epilogue. Um, George and, and his girlfriend, we can assume, go off and get married and live in the country. AJ, I don't know, is a hero. Bosch may have survived the gunshot wound. I'm not sure. Uh, Wilson is dead, as, as is any uh, corroboration for any of the things that AJ is going to tell the papers. Um, uh, we're not really sure. There's, there's, a, there's a decapitated chud in George and, and his girl's friend's apartment. But I, I don't know what happens after they get decapitated. Maybe they shrivel up and die. Uh, it, it does feel like it's it's uh, there's a lot of panic about uh, nuclear stuff, you know, in in, in the days uh, following Three Mile Island and what what it could do to us. We're all going we're all going to turn into crazy radiation monsters. Every last one of us. Um, it, it I was love that it up. it doesn't the kill you; it mutates you. Is mm -hmm. like the yeah. Mm -hmm. the yeah, it's the worst thing, worst man. possible thing. Um, but there is a, going back to the, the atomic age of the 50s, any, like a drop of nuclear anything gets on anything. It makes them into a monster. And so there was a, there was a point in the thing, I forgot to mention this, where AJ is down in the, in, in the bottom of the sewers. And there are a bunch of these canisters that are broken open. And there's all this like day glow, like sludge everywhere. And no fewer than a dozen um, uh, chuds, like standing around this puddle of of ooze, and they appear to be worshiping it because they're like this. They're like, uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't know, like when when they became like ooze worshippers. Is that part of what happens? Do you get do, do you get um, do you have to convert? Uh, once you become a chub, you gotta convert. Yes, you, can't, you gotta, yeah. You gotta convert. You gotta start going to, to Ooze Church every every Sunday. Uh, Ooze sacraments. That's right. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta have you your Ooze confirmation. That's it's, right. It's so cute. It's so cute when the little kids have their first. Uh, their first. They take their first. Yeah. They take their first Ooze communion. It's yes. so nice. It's um, such a sweet little ceremony. Communion. There's something there. Yes, Kamuzin. 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 Sure. So anyway, that was my scary movie that I watched. <laughs> I love it. I'll say this. Hearing it, it sounds like they actually did an okay job of like, I mean, it's obviously ridiculous, but like, it sounds like there were a lot of things that got justified and like tied yes. up for, for the most part, which is impressive for yeah. a movie that was kind of like in this establishing era of weird. Uh, oh, I, I, I should mention the, the John Goodman cameo thing that yes. he did before he was anything else there there's there's an establishing shot of a diner somewhere near midtown and two cops walk in and immediately start hitting on the waitress who is the only person who works there who's also the short order cook and is like uh what do you want fellas uh cheeseburger rare says says uh says john Gibbon. i was like oh, don't don't do that no no Terrible not call not in this particular diner because there's stuff all of nope bad no, idea you're not gonna want that and so then then a bunch of then like literally four chuds appear at the windows and murder everyone in the diner <laughs> so i george john goodman didn't make it out i'm sorry everybody but but he didn't so curses yeah. it's actually like sounds like it capitalized on a lot of like horror 
Yes. Like things from real life. Like there was genuine panic about nuclear stuff, right? Yep. Like underground in Manhattan was like a big thing, like was underneath the ground of New York City, like its own city kind of thing. So they actually, it sounds like not the worst. Um, yep. Would you, since we're doing two different movies, I guess this is now the time to ask you. I suppose, yeah. Would you would you get the flick out of here? Would you keep it? Um, I think it is uh, it is so emblematic of its time. It is it is uh, honestly, it is kind of a triumph of small budget sci-fi horror of the nineteen eighties. Um, I, I would say it it rather than it being a recommendation of like you got to go see this movie. I think it deserves to be preserved in some kind of museum sure. as, as an artifact of its time. Like I, if you ask me like uh, what are the top 10 movies of its genre of the eighties, I would say this has got to be in it simply because of what it does with all of that. Um, and honestly, up until the last 30 minutes of the movie, there's enough like regular, in before they start showing you the chuds, yeah, they're, they're obviously bad. Like that was why Jaws worked because we didn't see the shark until the end. Like there was all that like suspense of like what's really going on here, and that all kind of like works. And Daniel Stern's so great in it. Like just is such a a, a nutcase um, that that I think makes it a keep it in. Uh, but if you are a fan of this kind of thing or just want to see what the perspective of what New York was in the mid eighties. Like I would say, this is definitely a keep it in. All right. A keeper for you. Yeah. We like this. Uh, well, none of that compares to the horror of what I watched. Right. No, uh, of course not. No. Talk to me when you've seen the hollow, the Halloween hound. Okay. Uh, I, of course, reviewed Alex's recommendation, in case you're wondering if he had a daughter. The answer is yes. Uh, yes. He recommended Spooky Buddies to me. Um, I was actually kind of delighted by the, like, commitment to kind of horror framework almost that this kid's movie was put in. Like, there are tropes that you see that are, um, that you can appreciate kind of as an adult, but um, this takes place in Fernfield, a fictional town. Um, you don't say. It, it's not a real town, uh, surprisingly, yeah. uh, where there are talking animals. <laughs> but it opens with what we find out later is a 75-year flashback with Warwick the Warlock, who is your classic evil dude who lives in a classic haunted mansion with his talking owl sidekick. Um, and we find out kind of the crux of the movie very early on. Like, it's not a good movie, but as far as like, is it a sound movie? It kind of actually is. Like, I, I will say that. Like, is can you have a good movie with talking golden retrievers? No, mm -hmm. but like from, is it a sound movie? Kind of. So they do clarify up front that uh, Warwick the Warlock, evil guy, um, has his haunted hound and to essentially take over this town and make all of these um, kind of immortal evil things stay evergreen, they need to take the soul of five puppies of the same blood and 
the already cursed haunted hound is the animal to go and do this. Um, we find out in this flashback that there is a puppy sidekick who doesn't want to go on this mission because he's he's done with the spooky life. His name is Pip. Um, and because he doesn't want to go, he gets turned into stone. Uh, and there's a scene where there's good guys breaking in, including a little boy um, mm -hmm. that are trying to stop Warwick from his evil ways. Yes. And uh, with a magic potion, Warwick turns them into toads. We yes. find out um, that his plan is to essentially take over the town and mm -hmm. make them enslaved. But because the good guys have broken in, including the commissioner, and the spell doesn't get pulled off in time, they disappear into this time portal. But the ghost of Pip, the dog that got turned into stone, is trapped in the house. Mm -hmm. This is not, this is the anti-ghost gimmick. Like, the whole uh -huh. thing with ghosts is that they can move through walls. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy can't even go out the door. No. So we cut to present day, which is in the 2000s, I think, from when this was made. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a tour that's recapping this entire story. Uh, and the War, Warwick, the Warlord, did I say that right? Warlock. Warlock. Yeah. I get my lords and my locks mixed up all yeah, the time. Yes. Yeah. Same. Who doesn't, honestly? Who doesn't? It's a, co yeah. a constant problem in my life. But there, during this tour, we find out that there's a curse that if you say um, Halloween Hound in the mirror three times, the Halloween Hound reappears and will grab the souls of you and your pets. Mm. Um, and this is where we meet your buddies. This is where we meet Butterball, who has the personality of like a high school quarterback frat boy. Uh-huh. We meet Mudbud, who's I guess kind of the least stereotypical, but has like a surfer dude vibe. Mm -hmm. We meet Rosebud, because this is where they thought they were being clever, I guess. Uh yeah. who's kind of a shallow bitch for a dog, to yep. be honest. Yep. Uh yep. we meet the final two who are just horrendous stereotypes. We meet Buddha, who namaste mm -hmm. like all of this kind uh -huh. of uh yep. stereotype and of course the most egregious of them all yep. mm -hmm. b-dog yep. who is voiced by a white actor yes. is a black stereotype yes. uh and is constantly like dog dog like they they figured that pop culturalism dog. out and just dog, dog. never let it go yeah. yeah um so pretty atrocious in that regard um, now, now the other thing about that, that I remember because I didn't watch the whole movie, but I I did sit through some of it, which is why I God recommended it. All of these buddies mm -hmm. have a corresponding child who is their owner. Yes. Um. At, at who is the same stereotype as they are? Same stereotype as they are. Uh. And. There's kind of like a whole subdevice of not only is it their owners, but like the sheriff has a dog and the right. sheriff is this bumbling idiot and the dog yes. overslept his shift or whatever. Yeah, so everything yeah. that you're seeing mimicked on the human level is being mimicked on the dog level. Exactly. There's the Halloween hound. There's the warlock. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> we find this out. Essentially what happens is it's Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Oh, I'm sorry. And then, so while we're on this field trip, we find out that the class has to turn in their history projects on Monday, which is uh -oh. just going to conflict with Halloween night plans. Of course. My gosh. Because Billy, who's a punk ass kid, and I maintain it, says he did his <laughs> history project. <laughs> Says he's gonna do. He already did his history project um, on on this whole haunted mansion situation. Uh, and my, I'm nitpicking here, but this is a review show. He's doing it for history class. This yeah. is not a history project. They admit at the time that nobody knows if this is real or not. I think it's yeah. egregious that the history teacher was like, "That is an acceptable course of study. This is not history." So because he has to pull this project together very quickly, he goes and visits Sheriff Dan, who is an idiot. And I cannot stress this enough. As he's, Billy the punk-ass kid is investigating what this whole haunted mansion situation is for his history project, Sheriff Dan gives him the staff of the warlock, of Warwick the Warlock, it, it literally acknowledges that it's a evidence in a cold case, but because it's a 70-year-old case, mm -hmm. yes. uh, it's fine. Just take this, this staff. Yeah. Um, so we cut to Billy getting all excited for Halloween, and his mom, he asks his mom uh, if she picked up his costume, and she says yes. And uh, what he wanted to be for Halloween was a hip hop rapper, but the mom gets him a bunny costume. You're gonna be the hip cutest hip hopper out there, she says. Yeah, yeah. And his dog, I shouldn't even have to tell you this. You, you know very little about the story. You should know his dog is B Dog at this yes, point. Yes, of course. Yep. Um, and the dog has little bunny ears. Um, yeah. And he's. The dog is also very upset yes. by this by this costume that he's been forced to wear. A lot of like paw action, yeah. very embarrassed and ashamed. So trick-or-treating begins. The buddies, as well as the punk ass kids, because they of course break into this mansion. Um, and they essentially summon the evil guy back. They yep. stand in front of the mirror. They say it three times. Uh, Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the dogs <laughs> do it by accident. The punk-ass kids do it on purpose because they're punk-ass kids. Right. And, of course, they summon the evil guy. Um, there's a scene where the boys are turned into rats, and they have to escape a black cat. And this black cat has never seen Tom and Jerry, so he does a mm -hmm. terrible job. So right. they get away. But... Warwick the Warlock and the Evil Hound are now out on the town looking to recast their spell. Mm -hmm. um, now, the ghost of Pip has escaped the house because all, everything's run amok, right? Like, all the rules have changed. And he disguises himself as a ghost to warn the buddies about the Halloween Hound. But because the buddies are idiots, <laughs> they're dumb golden retrievers, Yep. They think that the ghost of Pip is the Halloween hound, and he's just trying to warn them. Um, and this eventually leads them to Zelda, 
who is a mystic dog. Yes, uh, and while, while this is going on, the actual Halloween hound is out on the loose looking for them. And Warwick, mm -hmm. because everything is mirrored, is also looking for people to kind of cast the spell. Yes. Um, the dogs go meet Zelda. Uh, and the hounds find them as they're trying to sort out this whole situation. And he can't fit through the front doggy door, which saves their life as they oh. escape out the back. I can't remember who was voicing Zelda, but it was a very, it's the only like extremely distinct voice in it. It's a woman's voice. I should have looked it up. Um, but while this is going on, this was actually kind of fun. Warwick like doesn't understand Halloween because it wasn't like a celebratory thing in his day hollow's eve was something that completely different right so he doesn't understand at one point he's like why are there kids and you're simply kids in disguises you're not actually any of these ghouls and goblins that you say you are um he stumbles upon a dad who is passing out candy and just thinks warwick is in costume mm -hmm. um and warwick is like aha you are the perfect dumb henchman for my spell essentially to help me out um and there's like almost like a a fraser like exchange that happens here of like miscommunication and misunderstanding um where he thinks warwick is just doing a trick to get a treat and that it's weird because he's old to be trick-or-treating um and warwick eventually casts a spell on him and makes him this stumbling oaf what I didn't get is why he's wandering around like a zombie when he wasn't bit as a zombie, but that's neither here nor there. This dad is like very super surfer dude, very much the cool dad kind of situation. And while all this is going on, the boys who are trick-or-treating, and keeping in mind that Billy has the staff, that's how he gets out of the bunny costume situation. He just throws on like a cape and a staff, and he's like, at least I'm something cool now, even if I'm not going to be my hip-hop dude. Um they go to the house of a man who isn't really decked out for halloween but billy the punk ass kid recognizes the address from his story mm -hmm. he doesn't want to talk about the situation he denies being the boy that was involved we later learned that this older man who's not celebrating halloween um is the little boy who was there 75 years earlier um when this whole mystical situation went down um he said if that little boy was still around don't you think he would have told someone by now and kind of sends them off um so all this is kind of happening on the same timeline again dogs mirroring humans as we go through this um we finally get to uh billy having warwick's staff and them having a not a confrontation but a head-to-head uh, and Billy zaps Warwick back into a coffin because the mm -hmm. staff kind of lights up in recognition that this is Warwick. Yeah. Um, and as I'm skipping along here, um, they are starting to put together that something spooky is going around. They don't really connect that Warwick is the warlock yet um until the older man realizes what's happening and comes and hits warwick with a chair in the back of the head um war there's also all the adults if you're wondering like where the hell are all the rest of the adults in this situation mm -hmm. there's a halloween bash downtown that's right um it's so just it's just 
it's a live band playing Monster Mash on a loop forever. It's just it's that's just, it <laughs> yeah. the entire time, the entire time. Yep. So that's basically what what a what a what a what a grown ups Halloween party is in Fernfield is just that. I was working in the lab late one night. That's over and over again. Um, there's continued hijinks on that front as well, where um, Warwick eventually turns the sheriff into a monkey, and they think it's just a fun Halloween trick, because why wouldn't it be? This guy right. who's dressed up as a warlock turns yeah. the sheriff into a monkey. Um, wisely, Billy the punk-ass kid... Uh, want to return his staff to the policeman who should not have uh -huh. let uh evidence nope. out nope. anyway nope. but by not the time have. they return to him he's already converted to the monkey uh and so from there warwick has his staff back and that's when we see the old man reemerge and hit warwick enough to save the children and get them in a car and drive away Enough of a dumbass to let him keep the staff after he's leveled him, but I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, the kids and the old man, with War Warwick the Warlock looking through the window, the old man explains, like, I have the book of, of his spells, his spell book mm -hmm. from when he um, kind of regressed back into the portal. He was like, I took it. And so Warwick sees that and he wants his book back and tells them, if you ever want to see your little doggies again, you'll go to my haunted mansion and you'll bring the book. Um, one of the kids is smart enough to be like, hey, maybe he's psyching us out. And then the other oh. little boy dramatically says, do you really want to take that chance? So they go with the book um, with and the old man uh, and they strike down, Warwick strikes down the old man and takes the book and goes up to his mirror to complete the spell on the only day of the year that he ever could. And in this time, his owl sidekick got sweet-talked by the buddies into letting them out, but the Halloween hound is stopping them. So still, still everything is kind of mirrored. Little buddies just try not to be food at this point to the sure. Halloween hounds. Um, and while he goes to do the spell, I don't know if this was supposed to be a message being sent, but he opens his spell book. He says, this isn't my spell book. These aren't my spells. It's the Bible, Alex. incredible incredible stuff here it ends up being the bible he cannot complete the spell <laughs> incredible he, he just multiplies loaves and fishes over and over again it's just so that's weird. it it's very ineffective they're not even haunted fish it doesn't like, doesn't complete what he's trying oh my now all my water is wine i don't even like wine oh my god i'm a whiskey guy i'm a whiskey warlock i tell you um and then there's what I would consider a traumatizing scene if I were a kid where Pip um, in this has been turned back to dog form from ghost form. Ah. Uh, and when the, the Halloween hound has everybody cornered, he offers to sacrifice himself because the spell says, I need blood of five dogs of the same kind. And he says, you've already taken four of my siblings. 
just take me to which i was like excuse me if i were a kid it was like i'm gonna watch this dog sacrifice himself i mm -hmm. would be uh kind of screwed up not gonna lie yeah. a little dark yeah. for a kid's movie but everything ends up being dashed because of the bible mix-up situation because the bible saves lives is the message mm -hmm. that we are delivering here um and <coughs> Uh, Billy the punk ass kid does a spell to send Warwick back to uh, the portal, essentially, reverses the spell that's on the Halloween Hound in the first place, saves Pip, everybody's safe. The town that had kind of turned into zombies and was under the spell is no longer under the spell. Everything is in its right place, and it's very imperative. They do a good job, actually, with this dramatically, that he gets the spell in before the sun fully rises. Like, it has to be on Halloween that it's completed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's essentially the end of the movie. Billy the punk-ass kid saves the town by the Bible mix-up old trope. And there's a nice face-off between generic white guy name. I think it was, like... Jeff Johnson or Jim Johnson or something who was the kid mm -hmm. uh, and the warlock and the old man. Yep. kid is the old man and the warlock have a face to face and was like he goes you're that petulant young child after all aren't you and then Warwick the warlock disappears back into the mirror and all normalcy is restored and that is spooky buddies mm. Uh, you were looking for the the voice of of uh, Zelda. Yes, that's Deborah Jo Rupp, who played the mother on that '70s show. There you go. Um, very, very, uh, very distinct voice. Also notable, uh, the uh, the sheriff's dog, whose name is Deputy Sniffer, because he has a bloodhound, is voiced by um, uh, comedy legend Tim Conway. Okay, and one of the, the dogs, Cabernet I think, show. was also uh, someone I recognized but couldn't place. Um, uh, you, uh, the Halloween Hound is voiced by Diedrich Bader, who's done a lot of voiceover work since his days on the Drew Carey show. There um, and so, yeah, there's there's that. Um, uh, so <clears throat> just a very quick little um, rundown of other buddies' content. Uh, uh, Air Buddies was a sequel to Airbud, uh, and then they were like, "That was such a huge, huge success. Let's put all of these puppies in other things as well, uh, including uh, Snow Buddies, where they're just in the snow, and uh, 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 Space Buddies, where they go to space, Santa Buddies, which I'm going to make you watch, uh, and uh, <laughs> Treasure Buddies, where they go to the desert and find treasure." Um, uh, and certainly won't have any Middle Eastern stereotypes in that movie. No, whatsoever. of course not. Uh, super buddies where they're um, superheroes. Um, and and that's all, as far as I can tell, all the, of the sequels uh, for the buddies films. Um, uh, by the way, if you want to know more about Airbud, go on YouTube and look up John Oliver delving into all of the backstory of Airbud. It is uh, riotously funny. Um, so there was hey. like a time period where talking animals was like a huge thing in movies, oh, like yeah. Homeward Bound, like oh my God. animating live ones. And now I feel like they just have like they usually just animate. Now it's just animation, but like right. there that was a really really big thing. For a it while. is funny that the Air Buddies franchise lasted from 2006 to 2013. Wow, 
and the buddies never got older. Uh, they were no. just they were puppies the entire time. That's they kept it. recasting the kids because the kids got too old. But, but not the, the buddies. Dog. The buddies stayed the same age. Uh, it's like Matthew McConaughey and high school girls. Um, so uh, not the real Matthew McConaughey, just his character in Days and Confused. So, um, uh, Kate, you gonna you gonna get the flick out of here? Uh, yeah, but if you're if you're an adult with a kid, this isn't the worst one. If you if you're an adult with a kid, like the pacing isn't terrible. Like a lot of these are mm -hmm. like if you have a little kid, they're gonna like dogs and spooky things. Yes. Like this is this is fine with that. But as like an adult looking to spend no. an hour and a half of your time, I would absolutely no, no. But it didn't no. make me have nightmares. Oh. But, but that's that's very important. The most important thing in, during Schlocktoberfest. So, people, um, next uh, next week uh, we will be uh, tackling my favorite film of all time, uh, which is The Burbs, starring uh, Tom Hanks. And I will be so crestfallen if Kate decides to get it the flick out of here. <laughs> so let's 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 hope for that because me being depressed, I think, is good for TV. Uh, we're not TV, whatever this is. Um, uh, yeah, so, so yes, everyone, um, uh, look forward to that. I hope you do. Cause it's, it is, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to quote the whole film. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do the entire, I'm just going to say the script from memory for an hour and 40 minutes next week. Um, uh, cause I love it so much. Um, so yeah, we'll do that next week and then we'll do more things heading further into Schlocktoberfest. Um, but, uh, for right now, um, that's, that's the end of this episode. Uh, we had one keep it in. We have one get the flick out of here. Um, uh, you can follow me uh, on the Twitter at Alex Sour Graps. You can follow Kate at Miss Kate Fabe. Uh, come hang out with us when we review NXT and all the other wrestling things over there as well on the Fightful channel. Um, and uh, I, I can already tell you next week that I won't be. But maybe Kate will say... Get the flick out of here. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Happy Schlocktoberfest. Stay spooky. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.